You know, Louis began, we'll be so thankful we did this in 40 years. We'll look back and tell our kids about how we decided to go to Italy last minute to surprise a friend. How we were on Erasmus in another country. How we ended up watching our friends jump in a bouncy cage in some random park in Bologna. That's fucking cool. We'll have great stories to tell. Hey everyone, I'm Colin McNamara, and welcome to the podcast about my upcoming book, Attempting Local. Attempting Local follows my journey as I explore Ireland, surf the waves of the North Atlantic, hike the country's rugged mountains, and travel throughout Europe, all while striving toward a master's degree. It's an extremely honest account of how tough it can be to leave everything behind and move abroad, though it simultaneously demonstrates the beauty of a life of solo travel. If you're a fan of the podcast and want to show your appreciation, send me a message on Instagram at Colin Mack. One of the best ways you can help? Tell a friend or family member who may be interested to check out the show. Follow at Attempting Local Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, and if you're feeling extra sweet, you can become a patron by visiting patreon.com forward slash Colin Mack. Patrons bought this $200 podcasting mic I'm recording on at this very moment, so every little bit does help. No matter how you show your support, just know that it means a lot. Anyway, thanks for being a listener, and now, enjoy the show. Episode number 18, Realignment in Bologna, Italy. Entry number 20. March 12th, 2019, 198 days since moving to Galway. Entry title, Alex. Some things never change. One of those seems to be my writing habits. I'm again sitting in a pub, nursing a pint of Guinness, after a hike. Alex, one of my all-time best friends from high school, is here. It's his spring break and he decided to spend two days of it traveling for only three days of visiting. It almost goes without saying that I'm blessed with loving friends. He's the sixth to come visit, but by far the one I've known longest. For his second day in Ireland, he requested I take him hiking. Fair play. He generally hikes once a year and it's usually with me. So that's what we did. I led him up the stony path of Diamond Hill, my fifth time on that trail. It's one of the easier hikes in Ireland. The elevation gain is only 442 meters, or 1450 feet, and that's over the course of 4 miles. The challenges today though were the multiple hailstorms and the 40 mile per hour winds. Throughout the ascent, we had to stop and turn our backs to the pelting hailstones, avoiding any movement that could lead to a flying ice ball hitting our faces. When we neared the first fall summit, the wind began to knock us from our feet. It lifted Alex's favorite hat from his head and menacingly tossed it off the side of the mountain. I watched it happen from behind a large boulder and felt no obligation to flee safety to fetch an old hat. The strange thing about that last sentence is that it's not really true. I actually did get up to retrieve it before getting blasted by winds and being reprimanded by Alex to just let his hat go. That it wasn't worth it. 
but to this day, he still reminds me that Ireland is where he lost that hat. Anyway, we continued on, buffeted to no end up the steep face, leaning into the wind and clinging to rocks where they were present. When we finally reached the pinnacle, we sat and listened and stared. At one point before we left, we enjoyed a mindful minute. I closed my eyes and my breath moved deeply in and out of my lungs. The wind now gently whistled past my ears. I tasted the mountain air, as fresh as the water from its springs. It was meant to be a minute, but each time I went to speak, words just failed to manifest. Coming down was quick and relatively windless. The entire ordeal took a measly 2 hours and 13 minutes, but the pint felt well earned nonetheless. Alex and I then sat in Veldon's Seafarer, a tradition after Diamond Hill, and we waited 4 hours for the bus to arrive in Letterfrack. The fire burned lovingly behind me. This is one of my favorite features of Irish pubs, most common in those in the countryside. Time unwound quickly away from us, like the smoke from the smoldering turf. This isn't in the journal, but I just wanted to say thank you again to Alex for coming to visit. And uh, one thing that's not written down is the fact that the last day we went out for his trip with a ton of my friends and um, had a few too many pints. And <laughs> Alex actually woke up extremely late for his flight back. He had to, he had to get a bus to Dublin, and he he missed that bus for his flight back to the United States, and ended up having to pay a cab hundreds of dollars to get him there in time, so that he wouldn't miss it. And I think to this day he's still a little bit mad at me for that. <laughs> he suggested that we just stay up and you know don't take a nap, and he would he would hop on the bus and everything would be fine. That may have been a good idea, but I would like to remind him that even though it was my idea to get a couple hours of rest before his long journey, and we both slept in, which was definitely bad, I was the one to wake him up. So, Alex, that's for you. I truly enjoyed your visit. It was a blast. I know you'll never forget the time you almost missed your flight back to the United States from Ireland. And that's just, that's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> so, cheers, buddy. I'll always appreciate it. Entry number 21, March 14th, 2019. 200 days since moving to Galway. Entry title, Scattered. Alex is gone. He appeared and vanished as if he were a magician's assistant. I did virtually nothing in the three days he was here except drink, eat, laugh, and be a guide. I did have my first day of work, though. I began at the Blackgate, a cafe, pub, and venue as a social media marketer. As fate would have it, Facebook and Instagram were both down for about a five-hour period on that first day. My initial three-hour shift was consumed by that blackout period, so I couldn't do a whole lot. I attempted to sort out and learn their methods, style, posting habits, tools, and everything in between. I felt scattered. 
I was overwhelmed, thrown into the deep end, and had forgotten how to swim. I'm concerned about my future there, but we'll see how it all turns out. I have so much to write about, but time is running thin. I want to cover a little jam session we had weeks ago. It was unreal. I want to go more in depth on Alex's visit. I need to write about Italy. I must cover the emotional breakdown I'm sort of stuck in. Even this entry is scattered. Oh, and I have to mention my job offer. This is essentially transitioning into a to-do list. I believe stopping for now would be advisable. Entry number 22, March 16th, 2019. 202 days since moving to Galway. Entry title, Realignment 2, Caged Children in Bologna, Adopo. I had to cancel my plans to go to the mountaineering club trip, something I'd been looking forward to for months. After last weekend in Italy and Alex's three-day visit, I realized the impossibility of leaving the country for a second time in a week. Thursday was my only free day, which was purely dedicated to catching up. I attended class, met some groups, and went to work. I completed multiple assignments and I'm currently waiting to start another. My groupmates and I have a five-page paper due at midnight, so I got to a cafe to begin working at 9am. It's currently noon and I'm still alone. I'm having another realization, of course. Really good friends can make really horrible group members. They don't seem overly concerned with other schedules and they don't mind showing up two hours late to a meeting. I don't like tardiness or people straight up bullshitting me. Not sure anyone does really. I'm hoping we work efficiently and get this done at a reasonable time. Maybe then my stress will reduce back to a moderate level. I'm not usually so tense, but I'm starting to lose my grip on the excessive amount of activities and goals I have my sights on. I push myself to do too much. I put endless amounts of pressure on myself to be successful in every aspect of my life. But that's not seemingly sustainable at the moment. I must realign myself. Get back into a rhythm. Retain balance before I topple over, half-finished dreams spilling from my body and mind. I'm so behind with this journal. It's representative of how I feel in general. I'm no longer sure of what to write about or what to exclude, but I'll try and begin with Italy. This entry will be taken from half-finished notes I have on my phone. Louis, Tara, Simone, and I are in Bologna. I believe I've mentioned them before. My memory of my own journals is absurdly poor. I suppose that's why I feel the need to put pen to paper in the first place. I met each of them in Galway, but Louis is from France, Simone from Germany. Tara is the only Galway native. We were all in the photo society together, but one member of our little group left after the first semester. Katerina is from Italy, Bologna to be specific, and she's the reason we're here. Her birthday was last week and the four of us came to surprise our absent friend. Tara had been contacting Giovanni, Katerina's brother, and Larbi, her boyfriend. They helped us orchestrate the event, and when we arrived, it was clear Katerina had no clue we were coming. As Giovanni led us into the house, Katerina turned to see us standing in her foyer. Hi, I said like an idiot. 
Her hands quickly moved to her face and tears formed in her glistening blue eyes. Her gaze focused on us one by one. No words could come from her parted lips. She was stunned, and we were shocked it had all actually worked. My eyes began watering. I can't watch others cry without inadvertently creating tears of my own. Katerina walked up to Louis and me and wrapped her arms around the both of us. She then did the same with Simone and Tara. I believe the hugs helped her hide the tears, even though they were clearly from a place of joy. It was honestly a beautiful moment, one I don't think I'll soon forget. I can't imagine anyone doing the equivalent for me. Four friends from four different countries coming together to surprise me in my home country? I can't fathom it. This wasn't only a reunion for Katerina, it was one for me as well. The entire journey was. After Christmas, I hadn't seen any of them in months. It wasn't until the last week of February when we planned the trip that I met them again. Why? Well, I began typing the reason, then I immediately began to backspace. I really should keep it to myself, but basically, some stuff went down that I'm not too proud of. It seems irrevocably childish in hindsight, but I assumed if I wasn't around, I couldn't hurt anyone. I just didn't understand that I did the most damage by being invisible. I forced them all to question our friendship. They continued spending time together and growing alongside one another, making memories with two vacancies, Katerina's and mine. I hoped this trip would reconnect us. I was thankful they still even included me. In the end, it did reforge the bond we'd all had. I'm sorry I haven't been around, I'm sorry I disappeared. I love you guys, you're much better friends than I am. I appreciate you not giving up on me, I said to Louis on Katerina's Terrace on the last night. feel like a creepy old man, Louis said in his wonderful French accent. Just watching kids jumping on trampolines? Why, why are they doing this again? I would try, but I'm not even going to attempt the French accent, so I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway, I responded to Louis. Hell if I know, they're like children. <laughs> we waited on the park bench while Tara and Simone queued to join the kids in the cage. Katerina followed like their Italian mother. <laughs> I was shocked they weren't turned away because of their age. Money talks, I suppose. You know, Louis began, we'll be so thankful we did this in 40 years. We'll look back and tell our kids about how we decided to go to Italy last minute to surprise a friend. How we were on Erasmus in another country. How we ended up watching our friends jump in a bouncy cage in some random park in Bologna. That is fucking cool. We'll have great stories to tell. As he was saying this, a young boy in the trampoline cage was yelling something at us in Italian. 
We both just sort of stared back at him as Louis munched on cheese puffs. We must have looked like curious dogs, our heads tilted in confusion while we aimlessly ate. Eventually, I spat out, Non capisco italiano. I very briefly studied Italian, and about all I had left was the ability to say, I don't understand Italian. Hey, can I have a chip please? The kid shouted, switching effortlessly into nearly perfect English. I was impressed by the ease with which he did so at such a young age. I also found his request quite humorous. Yeah, sure, Louis responded, rising off the bench. Louis handed him some cheese puffs, and the young boy said, Thanks, bless you. Louis returned saying, Did you hear that? I've been blessed. All I did was feed an animal in a cage. He and I burst out laughing at the whole situation. It just seemed so ridiculous, but also so commonplace. And for some reason, that's one of the most distinct memories for me. Sitting on a park bench in Bologna, watching our friends reenact their youth, feeding caged children. The rest of that trip was incredible as well. Katerina's house may be unrivaled. It was atop a hill, gated, quite large, and it boasted a wraparound terrace that overlooked the hills of Bologna. The curtains raised or lowered with the push of a button. They even had a housekeeper. It was very different to any home I've experienced, but it was amazing for a holiday in Italy. Her family cooked us a large dinner for the first night. We ate lasagna, a classic dish served in Bologna, drank wine, had another course of chicken and vegetables, and finally attempted dessert. We also downed a shot of limoncello, an Italian staple, and a shot of homemade egg-infused liquor. The second was reminiscent of eggnog and was actually quite tasty. I can't relay all the conversation here, but we got to know her parents, their English limited but good, and her brother much better. Giovanni and Caterina translated for their mother and father when necessary, though their mom was adamant about practicing her own English. The next day, Giovanni and Caterina took us on a hike up to San Luca, a beautiful church on a hill near the city center. Giovanni and I walked ahead of everyone on the ascent and descent. They lollygagged, and neither of us were fond of walking slowly. That meant I was able to have a great chat with Caterina's younger brother. He's 21, a student of engineering and technology, and he's as funny as he is intelligent. And that's where the entry ends. I haven't located more notes, and my memory is too insufficient to add anything of worth to the experience. I do remember, thanks to studying a map of the city, that we visited Le Due Tori, the two towers, and ate somewhere near them and we most certainly stopped for gelato at some point. I believe at a joint called Gelateria Gianni. Le Due Tori are a sight not to be missed if you're in Bologna. We booked five tickets to head to the top of one tower, spiraling our way step by step up the worn down and nauseatingly slick wooden stairs. One dragged foot could have resulted in a slip and a dramatic flinging of oneself through the aged wooden railing to the base below. The terror of slipping and falling though only added to the excitement and eventual relief of summiting the city's highest point. When we did reach the top, practically dragging Tara's quivering body the last few steps, any nerves dissipated, and we were enchanted by the lights of Bologna's nighttime cityscape. Again, 
Leidue Tori are not to be missed, and I'd say they're best experienced in the evening or at night. Based on further investigation, I found that the place we ate at near Leidue Tori was called Bottega Portici. Caterina translated our orders for us, the loving Italian that she is, and we sat upstairs to eat and drink and discuss our adventures. I can deduce from my photos that I sipped a lager and delightfully munched on a charcuterie board. What we spoke of I can only speculate, though there is one short video of Louis asking, Do you want to try this? As he points down to a bowl of pasta. Now that I've jogged my memory a bit, more memories are piecing themselves together again, dimmed lights on the fringe that are brightening back into existence. I recall stupidly grabbing an electric wire meant to keep birds off of the ledge of Basilica Sanctuario della Madonna di San Luca. For the curious of you, Lonely Planet describes this place as a hilltop basilica that occupies a powerful and appropriately celestial position overlooking the teeming red-hued city below. If that didn't entice a visit, Lonely Planet adds, The 18th century sanctuary is connected to the city walls by the world's longest portico, held aloft by 666 arches, beginning at Piazza di Porta Saragossa. Portici are everywhere in Bologna. Essentially, there are arch-covered sidewalks or footpaths that shelter walkers from inclement weather and the harsh sun. But they serve another practical purpose in that they allow more housing to be built directly above the pedestrian network. With additional thanks to the city map and my now deeper dive into our Bologna visit, I also remember listening to the buskers and watching performers in Piazza Maggiore. We visited the shops and eateries that lived under the Portici, and on the last night we had a little party, if you could call it that. All five members of our group were there, Tara, Simone, Louis, Katerina, and me. And if memory serves, Katerina's boyfriend joined in along with Giovanni and two of Katerina's friends. Lorenzo, and another young guy whose name I sadly have forgotten. There were a couple highlights that night, and one of them was surely playing beer pong with such an international group of friends. Rules became irrelevant, and at least six of us were playing at any one time. Those facts paired with the broken English and wonderful accents made for a few very eventful matches. When the party inevitably dwindled down, we knew we had to make the most of our final hours in Bologna with our friend and the joyous laughter shifted to heartfelt conversations and reluctant goodbyes. Though, as is so often the case, goodbye just didn't quite fit. Adopo was the most we could muster. One thing I haven't been doing at the end of my episodes is just thanking the people that made this whole story possible. So I want to say a massive thank you to the incredibly intelligent and wonderful Alex Reardon for coming to visit and for being a part of this story. Thank you to Katerina, Louis, Tara, Simone for being some of my closest friends while I was in Galway. I wasn't always the best friend, but you guys were always there and you're incredible people and I, I love you, I always will. I miss you a lot, I hope you're doing well, and I hope that you hear this and enjoy listening back to this story. I also want to say a huge thank you to Giovanni for helping Tara and the rest of us set this trip up that happened because this surprise went perfectly well and we had an amazing time in Bologna. You guys were awesome hosts, thank you to your whole family for having us. 
And of course, thank you to Larby for joining in on all the fun as well. I appreciate each and every one of you, so thank you again for being a part of this story, but also thank you for playing a huge role in my life. I hope all of you are doing well. I hope this podcast finds you well, and thank you for listening. Alright, if you've made it to the end of this episode, then I definitely know you appreciate listening to my story. Showing that appreciation is really simple, and it seriously helps the show grow and reach more listeners. You already heard the spiel at the beginning, so you know how you can help. It amazes me that this podcast is reaching people from all over the world. So feel free to reach out wherever you are and share your thoughts on this piece of work. Or just to chat. Shoot me a message at Cullen Mac or at Attempting Local Podcast. I absolutely love hearing from you. So thank you again and enjoy listening to Attempting Local, a year abroad in Galway, Ireland. Don't need no mansion or those fires